Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Exciting show for you today, as I am your host, J.J. Jackson, the great Locked On Blue Devils podcast, five days a week, but we're in off-season mode, so we're transitioning to just three times a week for the next few weeks. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe this podcast wherever you get them. We're available on all of your podcast platforms. Like the show on YouTube, follow and subscribe over there as well. It means the world when you do that. Trevor Keels has made his decision he will no longer be playing for the Duke men's basketball team. He's heading off to the NBA. And on today's show, I am so thrilled to welcome in Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. Kevin, the time is greatly appreciated. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, JJ. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, I really went down to the wire last night, I guess. Boy, it did. I mean, we were just waiting and waiting and waiting, and it felt like during yesterday's show we were talking about the fact that Okay, Trevor Keels is working out for the Charlotte Hornets today. Why would you do that if you're going to announce later that you're going to come back to Durham for a second season? And then last night, you know, we hear reports from Jeff Goodman, the first to say, hey, this is a really difficult decision that Trevor Keels is making before ultimately we learn that he will, in fact, be staying in the NBA draft. Trevor Keels shouted out the Duke Blue Devil fan base, how much he loved Duke on Twitter last night, and uh, he's making the decision to move on. I mean, we, we ultimately, I thought that this is going to be the case. I thought this would happen, that he would keep his name in the NBA draft. Where did you fare? Yeah, I agree. I thought he was going to keep his name really since the start because the, the, the first two press releases both read very differently. I mean, like Keels' quotes was like, all right, see you later, guys. And then I think Kay might have had quotes um, where it was like, ah, we're going to support him with whatever he does. And um, not like like basically leaving the door open there for a return. So that's why I was always like, well, the door's open, but you, you could just tell going when he gave quotes throughout the draft process at the combine at workouts, he, it didn't never really felt like he was really all in on coming back. It looked like he was he wanted to go to the NBA and you can't blame a kid for wanting to pursue their dreams and go to the NBA. You have dreams of going to the NBA, as you're saying. And, yeah, we can't fault Trevor for making that decision. We've done this year after year after year in the Duke basketball community. I mean, it's been one and done for uh, over a decade now at this point, and Duke has been so elite at getting guys drafted. Now we can wholeheartedly go after the fact that only once before in the history of the NBA draft have there been five first-round picks from the same school taken, and that was back in 2010 when Kentucky had five go in the first round. So now we know we have that to root for coming up on the NBA draft uh, three weeks from today, might I add, on June 23rd. Yeah, they have a chance. I don't think they'll get five. Um, I think Wendell Moore is a second-round pick, and it's borderline with with Keels. I think someone could snag him at the first round because don't forget, I mean, the positive he has is that he's really young. I think he's one of the youngest players coming out of college in the draft. And he, he has the athleticism. The biggest thing for him is can he become more of a consistent shooter and can he lose a couple of pounds? I think that that's his two biggest concerns. Um, but I, the, the youth really benef- benefits him. 
Yeah, I thought Brendan Marks reporting with The Athletic last week, kind of evaluating what he was hearing from the combine for Keels, spoke volumes to what we saw this season. Uh, one executive was saying, you wish there was more of the Kentucky game duplication for Trevor Keels coming out of the gates 25 on 10 of 18 in your first game in college basketball. We walked away night one talking Trevor Keels. Forget Paulo Bancaro. The entire basketball world wanted to talk about the performance that they saw from Trevor Keels. Size is obviously going to be the biggest question, as you're saying. He was the heaviest shooting guard weighed at the NBA Combine. Uh, Didn't fare so well in the shuttle run or in the uh, vertical leap that he was going there. We saw a jump shot, though, throughout the season consistency is going to be the biggest thing. But boy, I tell you, when you've got somebody at his size that kind of looks like a linebacker out there driving to the rim and finishing through contact the way he does, I do think teams will uh, like what they see when they draft Trevor Keels. Yeah, and I think look at like the teams, well, not more so still in the playoffs, but the teams that got knocked out in the conference finals, like that would be like a great landing spot for him because he's not going to be pressed into action right away. He'll play 20, 25 games maybe in the NBA. And then you spend the rest of the season in the G League just trying to work on your body, work on your game, and hopefully have that Gary Trent Jr. type leap going into your second NBA season. Because, I mean, I think that was kind of like one of the biggest head scratchers, primarily also because of the team, the team that Duke had the year after Gary Trent Jr. left. They were missing a Gary Trent Jr. But, I mean, if you think about it, he made the right decision. He, he split time. Um, in the NBA, his rookie year, spent a lot of time in the G League, and then really started to take off his second NBA season. And you got to hope that's the same thing for Keels. Yeah, we really want to talk about what this Duke team does moving forward, but I'm going to save that for a little bit later in the program. Again, Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham, is joining us today on Locked on Blue Devils. So uh, what we talked about a little bit on the program yesterday, Kevin, was uh, Gary Trent Jr. came up. You're exactly right. A second-round guy for Duke that kind of took a little bit, but, boy, every team in the NBA would love to have a guy like Trent Jr. out there. His shot is so elite and able to do that. The other second-round selection that really found a career for himself after a little bit of time was Frank Jackson. This guy went 32nd or 31st or 32nd there uh, in the second round of the NBA draft, and it's turned out to be a starter for a majority of the season this past year with the Detroit Pistons. That's another great example. On the other side, however, you've got last year's case with somebody like DJ Stewart or Matthew Hurt who are getting late first, second round grades, and then all of a sudden they don't end up drafting at all. So it really can be a flip of a coin with these guys having to make this big of a decision. It is, and – I think every every player is different. I mean, look at Stewart or Hurt. I mean, Hurt has the body. He has the size. He has the shot to be an NBA player. He doesn't have the weight. You, you look at Keels, he basically has everything but too much weight. You look at Stewart, I mean, he was undersized, again, an inconsistent shooter, um, and his defense was a problem. And it makes sense why he hasn't made that jump now. I'm, I believe both played in the G League this year. You'll see where that takes you. Um, but yeah, I think uh, uh, the Frank Jackson, like he had all the athleticism in the world. I mean, he was, he was undersized, but he could jump out of a gym, Yes, he could. Uh, but he had injuries. So, so ev- everything's a little bit different, um, with these prospects and you hope that Keels has all the intangibles. I mean, on a lot of the broadcasts last year when he wasn't shooting that well, it feels like the, the color analyst always says, man, he can really shoot it. He just hasn't found his stroke yet. He can really shoot it. He just not knocking them down. And 
well, that was kind of the thing for the rest of the year. So when is that potential kind of the reality? You know what I mean? When Where's that line that's like, all right, maybe he's just not that good of a shooter. But that everyone says he has that potential. So hopefully for him it comes to fruition uh, at the next level. Certainly one thing to make the shots and workouts, and then it's a whole other thing to make that happen in the basketball game. Only three times this season did we see Trevor Keels score greater than 20 points on the year. We talk about a great combine workout that he put on for scouts. Paulo was quote tweeting it with the crying emoji saying it was so beautiful, the display that Keels had with basketball. Let's talk a little bit more about his decision and more in just a moment coming up right here Unlocked on Blue Devils. Exciting show today. Kevin Connolly from Ball Durham is joining me here on the program. But I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. We have been asking and Built Bar delivered. We now have Built Granola Bars. They're finally here in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mixed box at Built.com right now. They are so different from the bars and puffs. Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like bars and puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Try them out today. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off at built.com. Want to take this opportunity to welcome you back into Lockdown Blue Devils on this Thursday. JJ Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly. Kevin, uh, want to talk about uh, Trevor Keels again making the decision to keep his name into the NBA draft. Uh, a little critical at times because it was such a big decision. Now we know his one year in Durham has come to a close. It was a Final Four run for Duke. Like, what are the exciting moments? What are you going to remember on the positive end? for Trevor Keels in his one year playing for the Blue Devils? Well, that game against Kentucky, I think, sticks out above the rest. Um, I mean, your first game against Kentucky in Madison Square Garden, and you really set the college basketball world on fire. Um, Then you look at other games. I mean, the Pittsburgh game kind of sticks out, that last road game for Coach K. And even in the Carolina game in in the Final Four, like he was one of the better players for Duke. Now, his outside shot wasn't falling. But coming off the bench, um, he, he didn't have a bad game. Um, so, so those three games stick out. Um, but again, it was you just you wanted to see that little bit more, especially after the bar got set so high in the Garden against Kentucky. You, you were just waiting for that to come back again. You wanted that consistency, and that's ultimately what you didn't get. You just didn't get that consistency. You talk about Trevor Keels, the one year that he had at Duke. Plenty of highs, a couple of lows, and now we'll see what kind of that transition looks like. We mentioned it earlier, but Duke is trying to have five guys drafted. At the Combine, people were blown away by Mark Williams. His body fat is absurd for somebody to be that tall, that large, and to take care of their body the way that they do. For Wendell Moore Jr., the measurables there that were in place. What a wingspan for somebody who's only six foot five. And then we mentioned age being something for Trevor Keels, who's really young. People might want to put a red flag at the NBA level on the fact that Wendell Moore Jr. played three seasons of college basketball. But he's only three months older than Paulo Bancaro, who only spent one year in college. So uh, we look at some of the positives of this basketball draft class for the Duke Blue Devils, Kevin, and there's a lot to be excited about. There really is. I mean, 
Paulo Bencaro, he's going to make the most impact on day one. I think he's probably had, he should be the front runner for uh, rookie of the year, to, to be quite honest, no matter what team he goes to. Um, now you look, AJ Griffin, he's, it's going to be a shooting. I mean, he has the athleticism. Now, don't forget, he didn't play basketball for two years before his freshman year at Duke. I mean, the injuries in high school when he was at Archbishop Stepanak really got to him. And then the COVID year, and he just didn't play because New York had those guidelines where they, they, they weren't allowed to play. So he didn't play for two straight years. And you saw that he had to work off the rust. He had a preseason injury. Um, I think he can be another really good NBA player um, if he lands in the right spot. Mark Williams, I think, might be the best prospect long term. I mean, Paulo's going to be that good, but I mean, Mark has all the intangibles. If he can start shooting from outside the paint and hit like a mid range jump shot, he'll nearly be unstoppable just because of his wingspan, his defensive abilities, his shot blocking. Uh, he's going to, he, he could be really good. And, Wendell Moore, see, if, if you try and compare his year three at Duke to potentially what he could be as an NBA player, I think he could be a really solid role player. I don't think he's going to be a star of a team. I don't think he's going to make an all-NBA team or something like that. But he's going to make his bread and butter in the NBA on number one defense because we talked about how big his wingspan was for someone who's 6'5". And number two, he's going to have to become a, a really good shooter. And he was a really good shooter from three-point range his junior year. Um, and we already highlighted with Keel. So I think the potential is there for this to be a really good Duke draft class. Wendell Moore Jr., of course, had a workout earlier this week with the Memphis Grizzlies. That's the process these guys are going through. Again, three weeks away from the draft actually taking place. After the combine, now these teams get a chance to look at you up close and personal. Wendell, a local kid from Charlotte, North Carolina, makes the trip over to Durham to play three years for the Blue Devils. We will always remember his freshman year in 2020 when he has the putback lay-in at the buzzer in the Dean Dome to upset the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, and what a year it was for Duke to make it all the way to the Final Four. A heartbreaking end of the year and the final two losses that they had uh, against the North Carolina Tar Heels and, of course, the slip-up they had in that ACC tournament title game against Virginia Tech. But, uh, boy, we look at this probably a few years from now. I think we are going to be pretty thrilled about the run that Duke had and the pressure that these guys had on them knowing it was Coach K's final season and knowing that everybody in America was going to be watching Duke basketball. Yeah, again, I said this at the beginning of the season or even last summer that no Duke team is going to face more pressure than this team. And and they did every game, Coach K's last game at the Garden, Coach K's last game, last home opener, Coach K's last this, last that, yada, 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 yada. But I, the, the, I don't think the sting will be removed from not even the ACC tournament championship because it's a game you lost to Virginia Tech. Not not big deal, but you, you can get over that. But losing the last home game to Carolina and then losing in the final four to Carolina, if you lost the last home game to, I don't know, pick a team, <laughs> just Pittsburgh, just, just pick – like it's like, ah, oh, man, that stinks, but okay. And then if you make a run to the final four and you, you got knocked down by Kansas or Villanova or somebody out, you're like – Ah, man, that's a shame, but what a great season. But just having Carolina have that trump card no matter what, that that stings. And I I do feel bad for the players because it really was a great season. But I just feel like this team is always going to be remembered for those two losses. K, 
Kevin Connolly is joining us here on the program. Let's talk about next year for Duke men's basketball. Now we know what the roster looks like. That's how we'll wrap up today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you for making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen and watch each and every day. Again, be sure to follow and subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you choose or on YouTube. We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. That's awesome. You ask people to take surveys. Sometimes they're hesitant. Here's a reason why. We're going to give you an opportunity to win a $100 Ticketmaster gift card that you can use for any sporting event. To take our audience survey again, Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Found a few moments of Locked On Blue Devils here today on Thursday, June 2nd. J.J. Jackson alongside Kevin Connolly of Ball Durham. BallDurham.com. Kevin, tell me a little bit about the website, if you will. So you come to BallDurham.com. Follow us on Twitter at Ball underscore Durham. And we have all Duke news, specifically Duke basketball, um, analysts' opinions, um, breaking news stories, uh, anything you want, we got it. So um, read read the uh, read out the website and uh, follow us on Twitter, and even give us a like on Facebook as well. Yeah, it's so accessible. I certainly go to Ball Durham. You guys do such a good job of aggregating a lot of big news stories and and putting your own opinions and thoughts out there and that sort of thing. How'd you kind of get involved, Kevin? Tell the Duke community uh, kind of how you got plugged in, and now all of a sudden you're the site expert. Yeah, so I was in college. And, you know, you're just uh, studying uh, sports media and journalism and you want to get into something. And Fansided has openings for contributor roles. And, uh, oh, I'm a Duke fan. That would be a good idea. And you, you apply. You, you, you'll get in and uh, slowly work your way up the ranks. A couple people here and there leave and uh, you become the site expert. And uh, the site's really taken off since then. So I'm happy about it. That's awesome. Check out balldurham.com again and on Twitter, ball underscore Durham for all the awesome content that they've got over there. So something you guys have been writing about as everyone is discussing here in the podcast world as well is, okay, we now know Trevor Keels is going. Again, I thought this would be the case. The other element in this scenario, A.J. Green was a very popular name. The Northern Iowa transfer, two-time Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. Is it Duke? Is it Iowa State? How about it's neither of them? He announces that he's going to stay in the NBA draft and he is going to start his professional basketball career. So where does Duke go from here? A name emerged last night within the past 24 to 48 hours. I want to hold on in just a moment and we'll get to that name in in one second. My question to you, Kevin, is if no one else were to come out of this for Duke, what would be your level of concern? And the reason I ask that is because it seems like we're in a very split Duke basketball community. There's half of the population that is like, oh my gosh, there is no two-guard readily available on this roster. What in the world is happening? Duke basketball is destined for horrible things. And then there's the other half of the spectrum that I'm certainly a part of that's like, well, you do have an incoming freshman in Jaden Shute who is a top 50 prospect in the entire country, and in what world have we gotten in in the Duke basketball community where we're so spoiled that a top 50 guy doesn't excite us when any other co- team in America 
would be thrilled about that. And the rest of the roster is so great, you've got a lot of complimentary pieces. So if no one else were to come, now that we know that A.J. Green and Trevor Keels are an option, how would you feel about Duke basketball going into the upcoming season? I would be fine. And regardless if they were to get Green or somebody else, I still think Keels leaving, and I'll have a column on this either later tonight or tomorrow, it puts a tremendous amount of pressure on Jeremy Roach. Sure. And and, and that the, even if they do still bring somebody in, because now Jeremy Roach has to be the, the sole leader because he's really the only one coming back. I mean, you look at a guy like Jalen Blakes. I mean, he can't really step in and be that captain. It's Roach. It's Roach on the court. It's Roach off the court. Jeremy Roach, and it's huge that he comes back because he's a point. He's an experienced point guard that has made a run to an ACC tournament championship game and to a Final Four. So he has the experience. But now, man, he has a lot of pressure on him to be the absolute leader and the rock of this team, kind of similar to what a Quinn Cook was back in 2015. But back to your question, I'm not overly concerned um, now, having Keels would be great. I never thought they were going to get Green just because if he were to come out of co- uh, the draft, I mean, he was going to go play for his father. That's I don't, I don't I don't think that was much of a question. I mean, John Shire was putting his uh, his best foot forward, but I don't think he would have won that battle. But I mean, Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski are studs, and I feel like people are talking about the two of them a lot, and rightly so. Derek Whitehead. I mean, he could—he might be the ACC. I mean, Armando Baycott's going to give him a run, but like, he could be the ACC Player of the Year. He's that good. Right. I mean, he could be the number one overall pick in next year's draft. He's that good. Um, so I—I I don't think I'm concerned if they don't add anybody. Um, I would like to add somebody. I think they will. Um, but I mean, if you're saying concern on a scale from one to ten, if they—if this is the roster, they don't add anybody else going forward. Um, I'd say my concern would probably be like, I don't know, a three. I think I think that this roster has enough talent. Absolutely. I think that's where we start is look at the talent that's on this roster uh, and look at how smart Duke basketball has been over the years. They've got the track record of making things work, and it's still Jaden Shute, a freshman, who would get major minutes at any other school in America and do well. I'm excited to see uh, what he's able to do this upcoming season. So, and good. Just, I don't think he's not – I don't think – in my opinion, I don't think he's a one-and-done. Right. I think he's a multiple-year player. So, again, schools develop players. Right. Like this is this You're is allowed to do that. This is the one part I don't like about the one-and-done because it's like, it's like free agency. It's like you're rooting for a different team. It's the same name, but you're rooting for different players every year. Like, let's get guys in here, and let's keep them a year or two. Now, that didn't happen with Keels, but I think it would happen with him. And someone else who no one's talking about, Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell's a really good player too. <laughs> so like this, this team has uh, they have they have uh, some depth and they got a lot of talent. No kidding. A couple of grad transfers coming over and Ryan Young and Kel Catchings into the mix and Roach is going into year three, which is super exciting for him. So last night we learned Trevor Keels uh, is going to stay in the NBA draft, and then all of a sudden transfer portal news is so crazy because a lot of guys made the decision to come back and leave the NBA draft process, but also say, I'm not going back to the school I came from. I would like to play elsewhere. And so Courtney Ramey is signed the new name that's emerged from Texas. Tell me a little bit about this, Kevin. Well, I think Duke has the inside track on him, to be honest with you. Um, And it was his career at Texas a little rocky. Now, he has the connection with Jai Lucas, who uh, Shire just hired because he recruited him 
at Texas. Um, he has shown to be a good three-point shooter, which that's what Duke needs, but he's a really good defender. Like, he would probably defend the opposing team's best guard or best wing. Um, and that's something that Duke needs because you were expecting Keels to also be that defensive stopper just because of how big he is, and well, it's not easy to get around him. Um, so I think Ramey could be a Blue Devil in short order. I won't say like tomorrow or Monday, or but I think in the next couple of weeks um, he could be a Blue Devil, and that's that's your roster. Um, now, would he start at the two? Right now, if you had a gun to my head and say, give me your starting five, I'd probably say yes. I would say it'd be Roach, Ramey, Whitehead, Filipowski, and Lively. Yeah, and I think that's a pretty good lineup to have out that's, there. That's experience. a really good lineup. Power five guy, A.J. Green is amazing and, and certainly did awesome things playing in the Missouri Valley Conference. But you've got the level of competition that backs Courtney Ramey, who's playing in the Big 12. I'll remind you that our last two national champions in Kansas and Baylor came out of that conference. Like, that's really good basketball, and Ramey's tested at that guard spot uh, multiple times a year. And so uh, if he were to become a Blue Devil, I think we would certainly be really excited about that. Kevin, look, this has been awesome. I've really appreciated your time here today on Locked On Blue Devils. Give me one more plug again for Ball Durham, and, and where can people find your work? So you can find everything online, balldurham.com, and then you give us a like on Facebook, and then follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Everything you need, Duke basketball. Um, it's summertime, so football's starting up. Uh, softball just finished a great run, and baseball wasn't great this year, but uh, – uh, anything Duke, Duke sports, we got it. That's what we like to hear. We'll check it out all at balldurham.com. Kevin, thank you for doing this. We're going to do it again soon, okay? JJ, appreciate it. Anytime. All right, that's Kevin Connolly joining me here from Ball Durham, and that's going to do it for another episode of Locked On Blue Devils here today, again on Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Like and subscribe on YouTube, on the Apple Podcast platform. Do all that jazz for us. It means a lot when you support what we're doing here with the Locked On Podcast Network. For Kevin Connolly, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.